Um, you know, I, I'm going to put in my two cents here, and you guys can feel free to say the same thing when you guys are actually recording. But my favorite thing about Fallout music, just to put this here, is that it's such like a lonely game normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet they try to like, you know, they have to make that atmosphere. So, like, it makes you feel less lonely. Like, it, it, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Metroid as well. I love Metroid, where um. Like Metroid Prime was one of my favorite games of all time, but you're basically alone that entire game. Of course, Fallout, you meet people and there's enemies and whatnot, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's I, still I get what you're saying. Solitary game sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes the and, music you know, it's, uh, contradicts the tone of the world in a way that's kind of funny but helpful. I don't know. We'll we'll yeah, get into like, it. Isn't yeah. it in uh, in the um, what's it called? The uh, Lucky Seven. Whatever the it's like super happy music, but then that's where the cannibals are. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? Or, or which one is it? Is it the Lucky Seven or which one uh, has the, the cannibals? Uh, oh God, it's been a while. You're talking about New Vegas. Um, you'd have to look it up to be. It's like the, sure. the White Hat Society or whatever it's called. It's like White something, right? Yes. Yes. Glove Society. Oh. Wait, the White Gloves. White Gloves. That's what it is. It's been a minute since I played New Vegas. So it's been a minute since I played any Fallout game. <laughs> yeah, like the White Glove Society is in—they're in the Ultralux. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky Seven is where Mister House is, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Lucky Thirty-Eight, isn't it? Lucky. Yeah, Lucky Thirty-Eight. Thirty-Eight. Oh. What am I thinking of? That has seven. Because mm. it's hard. Sevens are lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seven's lucky. traditionally lucky. Yeah. Is yeah. that? Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever, man. I'll wake up at 3 a.m. be like, that's what it is. Just scream into your room. <laughs> yeah. Scream into the void. <laughs> Somebody will hear that. What is seven and why is it lucky? <laughs> so... Uh, what are exactly the overall themes of what we're talking about today? Just music in general, or music and how does like what do you think about the music? Uh, you know, like I'm sure we can all kind of come at this from different sides. Um, the music is all very vintage, so it may have been you know an introduction to that music that you didn't normally listen to, or it might have to do with like uh, Lincoln is saying, like how that affects your your feeling of playing the games and the world, you know, like just any thoughts. I mean, this is just open. So any thoughts you have about the music, you can even talk about like some of your favorite songs or maybe why you like certain songs in certain games as opposed to other games. Like you can kind of come at this however you want. We'll just, we'll just talk and let the conversation naturally go where it goes. And as some people say things, it might, you know, make things come up in your own mind and you might be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Or I disagree with that because of this. And then usually the conversation just kind of does what it's going to do. So. So you can. So, like, if we want to talk about, like, the background music, kind of like the score and oh, yeah. everything like that, that would be applicable. Oh, okay. totally. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Not just the, the popular, um, you know, real world music. <laughs> yeah. Just not like not just GNR or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Hey, Courier. Courier's in chat. Let's see. Who else is here? Let's see if anybody else has popped in. And we're going to try to keep to the last Saturday of the month for these. So you guys are aware. So there's less guessing as to like, well, when's the chat going to be? Um, and weekends in general are better for most people. 
Okay. Cool. Well, guys, you wanna you wanna kick this off? You guys ready? Thumbs up. All right. Let's see. I have people turned off who don't have their mic. So Liberty Pie right, is still I here. Okay. Cool. I guess I'll see you yeah, guys. Yeah. All right. I'm making food while we're doing this. So. Okay. Cool, man. Enjoy it. Uh, all right, Lincoln. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. See, see ya. Bye. Bye. All right. Here we go. Let's. Uh, we're gonna do. So I'll do a little intro we're gonna do the music i'll do the intro introduce myself and laney and then i'll introduce you guys you can all say hi and then we're just gonna dive into the topic and we'll go for roughly an hour maybe longer if it if it's really rolling and then and then we'll wrap it up sound good all right here we go the show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or Robots, and I am here again with my co-host, Lainey or Neos Pandora. Lainey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good and doing well, doing well. We are uh, recording this on a Saturday night because it's that time again. It is time for our patron chat of the month. And we've got a really cool topic. Um, I believe it was Liberty Pie. <laughs> Pie Man, who suggested this uh, over the last month. Um, we're going to be talking about the music of Fallout. And it's such a great topic. It's a very large topic. There are many games with many, many songs and soundtracks. So we're just going to see where this goes and to introduce our patrons this week who have decided to join us let's go through the list we're going to go alphabetically we have uh girthen girthen i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly welcome to the show yeah you got to make sure you unmute before you talk <laughs> yeah sorry about that yeah no it's girthon but girthon no yeah girthen redman thank thanks for joining us i'm excited to hear your thoughts on this uh, yeah, this is definitely a big topic for me. Uh, out of all these games, my favorite thing was the music. I loved the old style music. It's the first time I'd ever really got into it and really kind of experienced this music in general. Awesome. And awesome. Out of all games, this is the biggest game for me to pull me into the idea of the scores, the music being just such pivotal moments in the games uh the intense power of like as, as soon as you finish follow three and you uh activate that uh water generator that music score is as you finally win mm -hmm. it's just so perfect for those moments and yeah yeah i really like how it went yeah i i agree that's it's it's got some really cool stuff we'll, we'll dig into a little bit more of that in a little bit um we also have Liberty Pie or Pie Man, who is now Liberty Pie. He has been the Liberty Prime of the show, our tier six patron for this last month. Liberty Pie, what's up? How's it going? Doing wonderful. Going wonderful. He's in his truck. He's doing, he's working and guesting on a podcast at the same time. Brilliant. And, 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 and I'm going to eat some spaghetti at the same time. Too. And eating spaghetti. He is an efficient, efficient man. So welcome back to the show. It's mm -hmm. good to see you. 
then we have Nighttime Smith. Nighttime Smith, what's up? How's it going? Oh, it's going great, guys. Glad to be back. One more show. Let's do this. One more show. Let's do this. And then, and then, uh, Top Chef Selly. Uh, top shelf, Selly. I, I messed that up. <laughs> Sorry, hey, buddy. All right. Uh, <laughs> glad to be here. And uh, yeah, look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And no problem. Um, there are some people who couldn't make it. So any of our patrons who couldn't make it today, you guys are still welcome to send in a recording with some of your thoughts about the music of Fallout. Of course, I'll tag that into a future episode or, or this episode if I get it soon enough. And um, let's let's jump let's jump into the topic. Gerthen, you you started this off with with thoughts about both the um, the score of the game and the music, the uh, like or old 20th century 1930s through 1960s soundtrack that we get. And um, those are kind of the two main topics of the music. Which which one would you guys like to discuss first? Griffin, let's let's start with you because you you kind of brought this up. Do you want to talk more soundtrack first, or do you want to talk more? Um, uh, for score? me, really, like uh, the first thing I'd like to start with is the actual uh, stylized music from the times that the the game kind of originates from. I like the fifties, forties, thirties styling music. It really kind of gave the game a lot of fl- really a lot of flair you really wouldn't expect from a video game with using older music, especially. Like, uh, you wouldn't see, like, just the overall, I'm just trying to think of a word. Um, the aesthetic, the, the tone, yeah, the, the feeling. aesthetic of it really yeah. gave it a feeling of this is an old world attached to a lot of history, but you don't know any of it and you don't really need to as much as you will eventually like it, it does just... it does create a question for a new player so the first time you jump into that world when you're running around and all of a sudden you pick up music that is vaguely familiar to you because you've probably heard maybe a song in, a, in an old cartoon or an old tv show or something like that and yet it's in the game in this world that appears to be like futuristic wasteland you know like when you're new you don't understand what year it is what's happened yet but then you hear this old music it it almost sounds contradictory so it automatically raises a question right it's like why is this the music that's being played and uh for the time of the music when it came out too like it was very prideful time for he for uh, america especially uh many of the songs coming out of it were very prideful of their country of just all the things that they were doing and you can see a very prideful country getting to this point where it's hard for them to survive so the world gets destroyed because of all the pride within all the nations in the, the world mm-hmm. in uh this video game especially in this video game Right, um, right. And the 1950s, especially the post-World War II time period in the United States is probably the most, um, uh, th- that's the period in time where the United States really rose to world power, where we really uh, reaped the benefits of um, being on the winning side of World War II, but then also being a um, kind of a support system for much of the rest of the world, being pro-capitalism, pro-democracy, all of these kinds of things, being a multicultural place where we were gaining benefits from the multicultural stuff, even when there were still, and there still is, um, you know, difficulties between the cultures in the United States. But there was a lot that we, we were on the rise during that period. And like you're saying, 
we're playing a game where everything has fallen apart so there is that kind of contrast too right that feeling of like yeah everything's going great and yet nothing's going great because you're in the wasteland yeah exactly like it, it just it, it's very much a cause and effect type of an idea where these the ideals of the time caused what we have to deal with now and you can kind of feel that with the idea of the picking of the music that they chose uh especially because fallout 3 is where i started so i don't want to set the world on fire is one of my favorite songs right and i love hearing it it's very just it's so connected to the world and it really and like all the adam songs about different uh like atom bomb baby like that's so <laughs> such good songs for it like yeah so fun fact um and this is something i don't talk about a lot i uh i've mentioned this before though i've over the last 20 years since i was in college um learned how to swing dance so doing dances like the lindy hop and the charleston and, and these kinds of stylistic dances of the 20th century um, that were danced to swing jazz and then rock and roll and these kinds of songs the kinds of songs that you you have in fallout um so I, I, not only did i learn how to dance but i, I taught it locally i've been a, an instructor just kind of on the side as, as mostly a fun thing but a way to make a little bit extra money and then also a dj for a number of years i've, I've dj'd a lot of this music so it's always fun for me to to pull songs that show up in fallout and play them at dances for people and um at the regular like sunday night dance that we have uh near where i live that i, I dj'd for a number of years oftentimes i would play i don't want to set the world on fire as like the last song of the night and it always struck me as funny because it's you know it's from fallout and that's originally the way i heard it i played that version of the song there's multiple versions of these old popular tunes um but people would just kind of slow dance to it at the end of the night to kind of close out the night but there's just something about it that was always just funny to me like i don't want to set the world on fire and i have to wonder if people were like why does he play this song every night like it's not it's not typical of a swing dance to play that song but I always thought it was funny so it's just one of the things that i i find humorous about using that music in the real world also um but why don't we open this up anybody else have any thoughts about about the music about this time period nighttime smith yeah it was uh you know i've had at a bomb baby and don't set the world on fire is my ringtone for when my wife would call me uh when we first started dating <laughs> it was was she your adam adam bomb baby yeah at this point yeah <laughs> um you know uh with what girthon was saying it, it is kind of interesting um there's almost this false dichotomy when you were first playing the game because you know it's like well 2277 is kind of really just or 2276 is kind of just a number when you start playing the game and you start getting into it and you realize like well all the movies 19 all the music's 1950s and it's like you're trying to figure out what was the 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 feeling of the era compared to all the high techness it's like that retro futurism they look back this is what the night people in the 1950s thought the future would look like from our perspective so there's a lot of like culturally important music that is um showing some of the civil strife at the time because all that music that they they use during the game is stuff that was during the height of the cold war where people were, were really afraid oh yeah and 
Yeah. It's yeah. So there, there is that too. I wanted to add on. You're, you're right. There is like Adam Bombay, but there's a lot of uh, they specifically pull a lot of songs that are references to Cold War stuff, atom bombs and the end of the world. And some of that strife does show up in the music for sure. Radiation Baby, I think, is another one where it's uh, he's talking about his high school sweetheart. Uh, she ran out to go get the class ring and basically she came back and she was radiated and, and you know, you play the joke like, Oh, well she turned into a ghoul, but that's not, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. Or the song, uh, uranium. Yeah, that's another one. Um, uranium fever. I like that one. That's a country Western song. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. And, and what's also interesting about these old songs is, um, a lot of them have this like double entendre. Um, they're, they're, they're often using metaphor and music in general uses metaphor a lot, but either the metaphor is sexual or it's actually political, which is interesting because both of those things occur in the music. So what's the one from fallout 76 orange colored sky. Uh, where I think it's kind of like a love song, but it's almost like he's talking about getting hit by a nuclear flash. Mm hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's Louis Armstrong, but I don't. Yeah. It's somebody with a deep voice like that. Uh, let's see. I've, I've got it right here. Nat King Cole. And I was walking along minding yeah. my business when out of an orange colored sky, Flash Pam, Alex Zam, wonderful you came by. Um, I was humming a tune, drinking in sunshine when out of that orange colored sky. Yeah. The orange colored sky, I think, is reference to like a, like a sunset or something. Um, yes. But we know Flash that. Flash Pam. Flash bam, Alexander. Like this could be a bomb, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And we also have any thoughts on on this? Who would like to go next? I know Laney kind of had some thoughts. Okay, Pie Man. Pie Man's raising his hand. So, so my thing was uh, when I first played the game, uh, I wasn't really into the era. You know, I was more into that '80s rock. You know, the metalheads and everything. And with, with the year being what it was, a 20-something, 20 yeah, uh, you would think that they actually would go ahead, you know, like right. the metal and ACDC and all that. No, no, uh, they they just seem to lag behind our our timeline and, and music and everything. Right. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's one of the, the assumptions is that like, if the games are 200 years in the future, why hasn't music progressed at all? And yeah. in a time of great strife, you know, where society falls apart, there's very little time to make new music. Society doesn't progress. And so they hold on to those old, old songs. Um, but yeah, but you're also right in that the world didn't fall apart until 2077. So yeah, yeah, that's the year. Yeah, right. So one of the questions is like, why don't we? Why aren't they listening to music that would be still in the future for us? Like, why aren't they listening to um, at least somewhere that the mu- music for us has moved in? Uh, you know, uh, electronic music, heavier music, where as they're listening to all this what is already vintage music for us by 2077 every song in the game is over 100 years old by that point yeah so by the time you actually play fallout 3 or fallout 4 this music is now 300 years old it would be like us walking around listening to music from before the revolutionary war like that's so like a lot of classical music a lot of classical music Mm -hmm. and like marching songs (laughs) stuff like that you know like that would be weird but for some reason, society 
stopped progressing um, artistically, which is an interesting thing to think about. Like, why is that? Why now? Part of it is it's the aesthetic. It's the it's the retro futurism. So you want to stick to that old music just to match the aesthetic. Lainey, you had a thought on that. Well, isn't I mean, you were kind of hinting at it before this idea of there's a certain threshold where if a society is under enough stress, it cannot create art yet. And you see that when you look at the, the development of like, I don't know, early societies, we look back at humans across history, they don't start creating things like art, they don't start writing, they don't do things like that until there's time for it, you know, and if right. the whole world's in peril, there isn't time, that's not the focus, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Traditionally, art has been a, a thing done by the aristocracy because they have the time to do more than just work to get by. Um, and until the, the rise of the middle class, you didn't really have a, pr a progress of general art and society uh, until the rise of the middle class. And then that's one of the benefits of the 20th century is that we finally got to a place where we could automate the production of food, where we had social structures, liberal social structures that gave people um, even people who made like lower income, people who made base level income enough to get by enough to you know pay for a place to live and food to eat so that they had extra time we had a uh, an education system that guaranteed that people could at least reach a certain level of society um it was the first time in the world in western society that we'd had that and so especially in america um culture progresses faster during that hundred years than it had during any other period in time. Um, what's interesting about this is if you study ancient Rome, you actually have one of the first counterculture or at least documented counterculture events during the time of Julius Caesar, because society in Rome at that point, at least for the aristocracy was, and, and kind of the middle class, there was kind of a burgeoning middle class at the time, was um, progressed enough and people had enough time on their hands uh, the youth culture had enough time on their hands to actually think about these things and do these things. So one of the things um, like Julius Caesar was known for was wearing his toga as too loose. <laughs> like he like the, the hip hop style, same like sagging your pants like that was his equivalent of that during his time period was to like sag his toga. And because he did that, the people that he was influencing, the younger people started doing that as well. You actually had this counterculture uh, fashion movement in ancient Rome 2000 years ago. The next time you see anything like that is hundreds of years afterwards. Um, it's it's crazy. But it, going back to music, it there's there's a thing that happens with that once the youth culture is able to influence this because it because it's based on middle classes, not based on um, and lower classes, not, not based on um, the aristocracy, then things kind of move in a different direction. You have in the events of the music from Fallout, you have everything from early jazz through to um, like established rock and roll. And jazz was a counterculture movement. It was a music style that was brought about by the combination of European and African influences. And the reason it became popular was because in the 1920s and 1930s, that the youth culture was influential enough to grab hold to it. Like parents would say things like, don't listen to that jazz. It'll ruin your mind. You know, <laughs> like white parents, especially um, rock and roll did the same thing. 
like that the rock and roll generation said don't listen to like the parents said don't li-. they were listening to jazz but they did the same thing to their kids don't listen to rock and roll it'll ruin your mind right and then think about it time moves forward and then you get like the 1970s and then you get the 1980s and the 1990s and every time there's a new style of music the previous generation over the last hundred years uh pushed back against it because it represented this youth culture transition and then all of a sudden that stops in in the fallout timeline which i think goes to show that society no longer worked that way that maybe things became too tough again for anybody to do anything outside of just survive even before the time of the great war what do you guys think I, that, that was a lot but yeah nighttime it makes sense i mean josh sawyer was talking about that when i watched him uh he was doing a live stream and he was saying that their cutoff point was the assassination of jfk which would have been the explosion in counterculture i mean you obviously you had counterculture music already happening but after 1960 i believe it was 1962 right i think it was 62 63 yeah we can look it up yeah maybe it was 63 but after 63 you had the real um counterculture from the baby boomer boomer generation where they there was a complete um 63 yeah. you know rebellion against yeah the sexual revolution you right. had that complete rebellion of the ideals of the 1950s that a lot of kids were trying to be uh, pushed into because you had this post-war generation that had built this monetary empire and they wanted to maintain it and you can't really blame them but it was just you know kids gotta kids gotta rebel and something's gotta change every generation yep yep yeah you've got the rebellion of, of the original rock and roll generation then you have the counterculture rock and roll generation of the late 60s early 70s and then you have um uh r&b and hip-hop coming about in the 70s and 80s then you have um you even have a third counterculture uh rock and roll thing with grunge music in the 1990s um and the development of gangster rap which was a push back against the previous forms of hip-hop um and then of course you've got the 2000s and the 2010s which we've more likely lived through but you even have other you know counterculture movements there things like um you know uh, electronica and dubstep when dubstep was new right and people were like what is this this is just noise this isn't music right you know like those kinds of sounds and things but it was every generation has to define themselves you know different from the previous generation for years and years and years culturally people looked up to the older people in society because they were more established they were more wealthy they were more knowledgeable um but all of a sudden with youth culture age becomes um something that you don't want if you're not if you don't look 20-ish years old then you look old and there's like a different thing that happens with that I, I, and I, I wonder if this is even addressed in Fallout at all. Uh, like this, uh, I don't think there's really a, a a mainline cultural movement in the games the same way that there is in society today, which would make sense because there wouldn't be like room for it. I don't think. It's just the the slate was wiped clean. Yeah, it's almost you could argue the only music that was left was you know the music that was archived so far back that it survived the nuclear war. Yeah, possibly. That's another that's another uh, point is that all of that music was documented on hard recording surfaces, things like records, whereas digital music. And this is one of the fears that people have moving forward could easily be erased if the Internet breaks down and hard drives 
hard drives don't last forever. I mean, you're lucky if the hard drive in your computer lasts you 10 years before it craps out and then it's hard to get data off of it. Right. Like, so if the Internet falls apart and let's say society falls apart and times moves on, there's no hard storage of digital media. Like it just it, it all could go away given enough time. Um, so all of that, all of our culture today might actually disappear by something like 20, 2277 or, you know, whatever year you're in for a Fallout game in the future. It's an interesting concept that like maybe the only maybe there is music after that, but the world just doesn't have access to it anymore because it didn't survive. Scary thought, huh? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. But then again, like, does it really matter? Like if no. you were if you're living in the 2200s, are you going to be happy, happy listening to Ain't Misbehaving and Orange Yellow, you know, Orange Colored Sky? Or you would you rather be listening to? You know something from today like are you going to be sad that you missed out on britney spears like like would you even care <laughs> like pie man's like nope <laughs> if you've been to the capital wasteland then probably not those people they're they're hard they're hard living hard life i don't think they have time to listen to music unless you know you're pretty well set up yeah that's true that's true um yeah if you listen to three dog three dog every day in the capital wasteland yeah good old ow, ooh, three dog top shelf do you have any thoughts about this we've kind of we've been going on but, but i want to make sure you get a chance to chime in what do you think about the the music of the era yeah um i i think it's it's really fitting kind of with what the vibe is because i mean it it all fits the aesthetic like it's weird. It's 2077 and the cars look like they're from the fifties and the sixties and everything kind of looks old school. And you were kind of talking about like, well, wouldn't have things progressed. Maybe it's just a limitation of technology. Cause didn't they not invent the transistor or whatever? Right, so right. all that stuff never got to get smaller. So if you don't have that technology to kind of spur that, that like shrinking of stuff, maybe it's just a matter of, Oh, we can only improve on what we have. So maybe that type of music was popular for the whole time. And maybe they just improved on what they already had. So it could just be one of those things where it just translates to that time period because it still fits. It still fits with what they had going on. Um, like in, instead of like today where you have, you know, emo music and you have like death metal and all that sort of stuff where it can kind of fit certain different aesthetics because the world has changed in so many different ways. Maybe back then without that technology boost, they couldn't get guitars the same way. They couldn't adjust stuff like that. And so maybe it was just a limitation of the technology. Um, yeah, potentially. Sure. But I mean, yeah, I just think that the music really, really fits what they were going with. Um, in terms of the aesthetic of that universe. Um, I started with Fallout 3, so I can, I really vividly remember um, just kind of going into like the subway for the first time. Uh huh. And I specifically love the score, not necessarily the, like the popular music, but um, the score just kind of give you that creepy feeling so that was yeah it's it's and it's very contrasty to the other music 
right? The store. Yeah, it's extremely contrasting. Yeah. Because you're in the subway and you're like, I'm gen- like, it genuinely scared me the first time I had a feral ghoul come out and attack me. It right. genuinely scared me. And then you go outside and you're facing a death claw and you've got like Butcher Pete playing. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is fun. This is no big deal. So right. I just, uh, right. I love how the music can change how you feel in one game specifically yeah i i really like movies where the tone of the music contrasts with the events on screen so um like quentin tarantino is a master at this he'll have some scene where like you know gangsters are gunning people down and people are dying and then there'll be like this happy little tune playing in the background you know and fallout does that too because a lot of this the time period music it has a wholesome quality to it. We associate this like wholesomeness, right? There's no distorted guitars. There's no heavy beats. There's no drops. There's none of this stuff. You know, there's no rap. There's none of this stuff that we find edgier in this old style music. It's all traditional instruments. It's all traditional vocals and singing. And um, a lot of these songs, you know, were love songs or they were like, you know, like good feeling songs about what's going on in the world. And, to, to contrast that with, you know, fighting a death claw or, a, you know, a ghoul chasing you down is is funny. But then you bring up this idea of the soundtrack, which has always been ominous. Uh, the Fallout 1 soundtrack is great. Like, if you guys have not looked that up, go look up the the soundtrack to Fallout 1. Just the 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 environmental music and, and like it, like the, when you meet the Brotherhood, there's this like kind of like undertone of just like this rotting vibe underneath the game and uh, that contrasting to this like wholesome quality music is really it really does create a tension that doesn't really resolve yeah when i go to sleep at night sometimes i'll do that i'll put on the fallout one soundtrack and just let my mind go where it goes (laughs) that sounds really dark do you end up with like spooky dreams from that like what happens uh, i'll wake up occasionally and be like man that was uh man i felt like i was in a fist fight for eight hours yeah it's tense like it's the kind of thing that like like i can imagine if you had that on loop you'd be like tense the whole time you're sleeping like your muscles are just kind of like ready <laughs> he's training he's what he's that's like that's working out while you sleep is what that is <laughs> yeah and you were talking about that that contrast um one that sticks out specifically in my mind is fallout 3 tranquility lane uh-huh that looping soundtrack it's like very jaunty and like really peaceful and then you like understand what's going on and you're like oh that's dark yeah yeah what, what's going on there i'm like that you have this little kid that is actually a grown adult being like yeah just murder people for fun right and it's everybody like, there is basically in hell yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like like this wonderful little piano i'm like that's disturbing <laughs> yep yep i love the contrast in that like if i were to make my own movie i would have contrasting music all over the place um there's something there's something about that that's just I, there's uh, maybe it it gives you a sense of self-awareness if that makes sense like it either like contrasting music music either happens because it's a mistake because like a film director or a game designer didn't choose the right music accidentally or they did it on purpose right and it's like you're it's like breaking the rules of art on purpose if you understand the art well enough then you can start breaking the rules in smart ways 
and it lets you know that you're actually being guided by something smarter with more intentionality than you maybe would have assumed initially. It's also very psychologically jarring because your, your brain is telling you that you're doing this, but you hear something that your brain is also telling you is the completely opposite emotion that you're much of what you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that self-awareness. I think, um, like you were saying, Tom, it's like, uh, it, either it's done really well where it's self-aware and it kind of intentionally pulls you out of the moment to make you go oh this is what i'm doing like tranquility lane when you realize what you're doing it kind of pulls you out and you're like oh i'm killing people because this guy gets some sort of sadistic fun out of it meanwhile you have something like I, the only one that came to mind is like halo when you're like running away from everything and you've got this intense music and it's like keeping you in that moment you think it's really intense but that's because it's not trying to pull you out of the moment but that that like split is so self-aware that it makes you realize what you're doing is the opposite of what you're listening to mm-hmm. yeah pie man he's got something to chime in with i do so um with uh, the only example that I could come to mind through all this was uh, Fallout 4 when uh, when you finally get to uh, the Brotherhood airship comes in, you know, like all the big fanfare and everything. Yeah, the that makes you yeah. yeah the print when that come when they come in, it's like oh, big bad or like they they got stuck. Yeah, the, like it's the music for dramatic. that is very dramatic. Yeah, that is a that is a dramatic sequence, and the first time you've seen something like that in the skies of of Fallout. Like, yeah, we've seen vertebrates and things, but that thing's huge. And the first time you see that, you're like, oh, that that's a thing I did not expect. And the music is exactly on tone in that it lets you know, hey, this is a big deal. Um, it's not contradictory at all. Which is like, and and I think that's one of the things about the the sound design of these games is that it does that well. It you know when things are right on with the soundtrack, they're right on with the soundtrack really really well. And when they're contradictory with the the songs, you know from the old time period, then they do that really well too. And it's they they there's none of that like middle ground where it's just not done well. It both sides of that, both extremes, are solid. So I have some I have some of the titles of the ambient like background music here and I think this will kind of back up some of it because of course you have like the music from the game you know these old songs easy living civilization crazy he calls me butcher Pete wonderful guy and I'm specifically looking at just Fallout 3 but then you look at the the actual game background music the ambient music and the main title new world new order this is just in order of the soundtrack lockstep price of honor Fortress, Unwelcome Guest, Ambush, Never Surrender, Metal on Metal, Behemoth. Like these are the names of these tracks and they're like the tone is completely different than, you know, like I don't want to set the world on fire. You know, like it's just, you know, City of Ruin, Wandering the Waste, Ashes and Sand, What Remains place of refuge the smallest hope. You know, like this it's completely that other direction which is is great i i just love that so do you guys when you're playing the game and i I think everybody approaches the music differently when they're actually in the game 
like and this is this is my example let me know how you do it most of the time i although i love the music a lot um when i first started playing the game and i first started realizing that things like ghouls just come running at you from nowhere and you're like ah i'm gonna die uh if if there are games that i need to be aware of my environment i will often turn down the environmental music so i can hear the environment better i don't i don't remove it i just drop the volume of it and then if i'm out in the world i don't play radio because i want to make sure that i'm aware of what's going on so when i do hear songs it's because I walked into a building and the songs were playing on the radio or I walked into a situation where there's like a, a radio nearby or, you know, the game is playing it on purpose because of something that's going on. Um, but I know a lot of people will keep the soundtrack all the way up or they will uh, specifically listen to a radio station while they're running around killing things because they're, they're not so worried about the environment as much as they are just enjoying the tone of the music. How do you guys ap- approach that? Pyman? Or, or, or you're like me, and you just mod the radio to, to, to your liking. Oh, do you? So, I do. I do on Fallout 4, I do. I, I did do uh, a vanilla version for it, just to say I, could, I, I beat everything, you know, vanilla. Uh-huh. But, but no, no, I, I couldn't handle the radio. It, it, the, I, I am an intense person when I play these Fallout games, when I'm uh, all that. Uh, so, but yeah, normally I, I do turn down the ambient noise because it, it, it just gets spooky because I always wear headphones. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wear headphones where it's like, what's going on over there? Yeah. yeah. What's going on over there? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally yeah. get you. I to- so you specifically choose the music you want to put into the game. So you pick like your favorite songs and then you, you mod them into the game. Mostly by other modders. Modders, like right now, I have a, uh, what is it? It's called a, it's called the Road Trip Radio, where it's, uh, where I think, it's sort of separate than the other natural radio stations, but it has, like, uh, like, the songs that we have for today, you know, like the 80s rock, basically stuff that's total contradictory to, to Fallout and what they're trying to do. Got it. Got it. Okay. Wh- who else wants to chime in? What nighttime? What do you What do you do? When I first played the game, I I didn't really know that you could do that. You could take out a lot of the environmental music, and then I did. And I think I probably played two or three years without any type of ambient music whatsoever. And it wasn't until I started seeing some of the stuff popping up on YouTube, I'm like, man, I'm really missing a large portion of the game. So I cranked up the the ambient music, and I've been doing that for three or four years now, and it really does make a difference. I mean, it puts you in a completely different uh, emotional mood uh, when you're playing, and it really does heighten your senses a little bit. But, I mean, there's some of them, like the Fallout ones, I think, are a little bit Fallout 4 specifically some of it is a little bit over the top especially when you find a new new uh not a settlement the new location uh-huh. it's the that emotional lifting music but if you listen to some of the ambient music from uh fallout new vegas some of it is really really dark and it really it's a not emotionally jarring but it kind of hits you it's like okay i feel like i'm actually in danger i kind of feel like they're I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's a little bit more, you know what I mean? It it starts to get eaten at the back of your brain. You really do feel like you're in a life and death struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. 
that makes sense Laney, what do I you don't use? play with the radio. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so no, no radio. You just kind of only hear the radio songs when you're in certain spots. I mean, sometimes, but it's like if you're in Fall at New Vegas, I mean, don't do it because it's like out of nowhere. You just get cut in half with a death claw. And then, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Fall at three, you can, you kind of can, but like I started playing that and you go out around the outside of the map and it's just Yao Guai and death claw all over the place. Uh, Fallout 76, it's not that bad. I mean, you can blast the radio, and you don't really have to pay attention to what's going on because everything's so buffed. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. But if I want to listen to music, I just listen to it at work or right before I go to bed or something on the phone. I don't mm-hmm. do it in the game. Interesting. Interesting. Um, who else wants to chime in? Yeah, go, go, go ahead and jump in, Top Shelf. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I uh, I actually kind of researched this just on the background of Enon Zer um, and what you were saying with like the ambient music. I typically play, especially my first one or two playthroughs um, with all the ambient music on because like you were saying is you can be playing and all of a sudden a death call pops up and it will scare the crap out of you even harder than if the death call just popped up. Right. The other thing I'll notice is if they sneak up on you, it won't trigger anything. There have been a number of times where I've been hit from behind by like a feral ghoul out of nowhere and there's no change in the ambient music or right. whatever. Yeah. It's that, only until that, it actually hits you. Yep. That, oh no, um, an enemy is nearby sound doesn't play. Yeah. And yeah. then you quickly pause and try to breathe because your heart's now in your throat. <laughs> um, no, it's just Enon Zerd did a very good job with Fallout. He started with tactics, which I've never played, mm-hmm. but. I mean, Fallout 3 kind of was a reboot of the franchise. And oh, yeah. that music set the stage, since he's done every other one, He's it set the stage for the music in Fallout 4, which has won awards, Fallout New Vegas, which is fantastic, and 76, which I know has been nominated before and talked really highly. Um, all that ambient music does a very good job of putting you in the atmosphere. Whether you're walking through you know the washington monument and you've got a behemoth you know in the the main area or you're sneaking around and a yagwai is near you or if you're just in the middle of rivet city and you're just trading and stuff like that it it really meshes well and i will always play with it on for my first two to three playthroughs and i i will very rarely listen to the actual radio just because i feel like the ambient music does enough of a job putting me in the mood than the regular radio yeah okay interesting it's it's always interesting to me how people approach games differently especially when there's options like this that you can tweak i I find it kind of a cool thing anyone else want to chime in about this any other thoughts laney i haven't really talked much at all uh so i guess i'll also summarize kind of i don't know my opinions on the music too um I love the music in Fallout, the score and the added music. Uh, And for me, it's a big nostalgia thing because both I started playing Fallout when I was pretty young and because of the dancing, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's a combination of like, when I started playing Fallout, I was already familiar with some of the music because of my dad, obviously. (laughs) And so to me, when I play it now and I hear the music, it like gives me a sense of nostalgia that probably the game wants you to have, right? It's better if you have that and I feel it very emotionally right because i it is also nostalgic for me outside of the game game um also 
when I play. <laughs> I have always played with the ambient sound turned on, right? And I never wanted to use the radio, even though I like the songs, because of the same reason. Like, I wanted to have the ambient sound, and I wanted to have, you know, I wanted to experience it fully, but I didn't want to be distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Fallout 4, when they, you know, they introduce all the things you can do with your settlements, I would spend hours you know, working on settlements and just letting the radio go over and over and over and over, right? Uh-huh. Until you've heard the same songs 10 times and you've built maybe two buildings and like, <laughs> you call it a day, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's fun. And so I really love them and I love incorporating them in ways um, that I can. And 76 is so interesting because um, as you guys were saying before, it's not uh as scary an experience you can be distracted and you're not going to get your ass kicked immediately which is awesome (laughs) so it gives you a space to kind of like if you just want to walk around the wasteland and listen to some tunes and like kick back you can you know and that's really nice you get to kind of enjoy it differently than you might in other games yeah yeah it, it is different and each game does play out a little bit differently you know like new vegas is very dangerous if you just go north <laughs> right you're supposed to follow the quest line down and around the map um whereas 76 uh it's i mean they've kind of balanced it now so that if you are actually getting you know perks and building yourself into a build if you're increasing you know your percentage damage with certain types of weapons and then using those weapons the game isn't particularly difficult um, but if you don't, it's actually very hard. Or if you're not playing with other people and you don't make yourself a build, it's actually very hard. And, and some people, some people don't do that. Some people focus on perks that don't really add to their combat, and they find the game very difficult. So I would imagine, I would have to wonder people who play that way what their experience is with the music and do they keep the sound effects down and things in order to hear the environment more. Um, I know I go back and forth. Sometimes I want the music to cue me in on things, but sometimes I feel, and and I think it depends on how well music does this, but I don't ever want to feel manipulated. I don't ever want to feel like I'm being told to have a feeling for something that doesn't happen naturally, if that makes sense. Um, So some, in some games I will completely turn the music off because I just want, because this, or the sound effects are just so good that all I want to do is hear the environment and the sounds and things. And I don't really want the music or the, you know, the background music or whatever. Um, but I, I go back and forth with it. Um, any other thoughts on this? Anybody else want to chime in or have anything else to add? No, no. One of the things that I think about a lot with these games is it would be really cool if um, every new game included every song from the previous games. Um, now I know that costs more for li- licensing and things like that, but there's part of in the back of my mind, I'm like, just can't they just keep adding to the soundtrack? Because like Laney no- mentioned, they they will loop. Like if you just listen to radio enough, there's not hundreds of songs, and even if there were, eventually those would loop too, right? But there came a point in New Vegas where I just didn't want to hear kick in the head again. I was just like, I just don't, I cannot listen to that song again. Most people complain about Johnny guitar because they put it in twice. Yeah. Because apparently there was some other song that was supposed to be in there that they removed. Ah, and so it fills two slots. So it gets played twice as much. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain, there's certain songs that I'm just like, I've uh, I've heard this too many times. Um, but then again, that's, that's me. Like some people really like the repetition of hearing a song they like over and over and over again. So that becomes a benefit for, for people of different thoughts. So any other thoughts on the music? I feel like, I feel like we've done a pretty good job talking through all of this. I'm interested to see what, um, 
you know, Aperture is going to send in his recording and maybe some other people might if they miss this episode. Yeah, nighttime. I got one. Um, it is kind of cool. Um, a lot of, you know, I don't know if you, you might have this, but um, this is the music that my grandfather listened to when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of weird is that you know he didn't play this stuff around the house but you know i come back a couple years ago and i'm like hey let me put on some music and he knows all the lyrics right to a lot of these songs from new vegas especially all the country western song and it was you know it was really really cool that you would have this stuff that i get you get such an emotional enjoyment out of and then you're like oh well also my grandfather really likes these songs and not only does he really like them but he got to hear them when they first came out yeah and to hear him say big iron and he started talking about (laughs) it it was it was kind of it was a trip man um yeah it's that type of connection that maybe not everybody has but if you do have that connection it makes the the fallout you know universe a little bit more interesting a little bit more personal when i teach um classes on dancing or on music for dancers um especially this old music because it sounds so old i find that for me and and for a lot of the other people i've noticed we get this picture of it makes us think of our grandparents or our great grandparents and it gives us this picture in our heads of like old people playing music because like if you went to an event today of some of the musicians who were around during that era you're going to see you know the band's going to be full of you know white-haired and bald people playing you know the music at 70 80 years old and they've been playing most of their life so they're good musicians but they don't they're not playing with the energy of youth right and that's kind of the the thought you get like you hear something like jumping at the woodside and you think to yourself oh this is this sounds like a bunch of old people playing music but Here's my recommendation. If any of you guys are interested in doing this, um, try to get past this, the sound quality. Like notice that these, these things were recorded using technology that we don't have now, but turn it up in your headphones or on your stereo, put on something like jumping at the woodside and turn it up really loud as if you were at a concert where somebody was playing this live and imagine in your head, 20 and 30 somethings, not 70 and 80 year olds, 20 and 30 somethings, and maybe even teenagers. Some of these musicians at the time were, were in their late teens when they joined these bands and the, and playing this song with the energy of youth, like the energy that like pop artists today put into their music and picture that in your mind while listening to these songs really loud. And you'll start to understand how maybe your grandparents felt when they listened to it and how the music was actually performed because those songs that are really rocking or really swinging are they are like some of those tracks are legit like these people are tearing it up and they're tearing it up in a way that nobody ever did before they did it in a way that's just freaking awesome and if you could put yourself in the shoes of your grandparents listening to that you might be able to understand why they were excited to hear this music because it does for them what music does for us now. It's just harder to see it through the veil of time and through the, the you know, the, the low quality of the recordings. But it's there. It's there. These were not recorded and written by 70-year-olds, I promise you. Um, and it gives you kind of a new respect for, for the music, um, especially songs by... Um, like uh, if you if you want more music like this i can make recommendations like go look look up music by Artie shaw or um 
uh, like I, I think Artie Shaw's band is actually one of the most interesting. Look up um, Count Basie. Look up uh, you know these old swing artists. Look up old rock and roll artists. You know the kinds of people doing doing music in Fallout. Find like look up those lists and then find the musicians and look for the other music they, that, that they do and then go down the list. Don't just pick like the popular tracks that that are like the love song that everybody plays at like weddings. Don't like that's fine. But go down the popular list and find the deep tracks, the stuff. And, and this is true for almost every musician. There's the songs that they know people will like and people are going to pay for and are going to help pay, you know, keep them in business. They're going to help make them money. And then there's the deep cuts that are this. That's the stuff that they want to play. And you're going to find that for every one of these artists. And some of those deep cuts are just like the, the solid, solid music. Nighttime. Like um, when it came to Marty Robbins, uh, gunfighter um, ballads and trail, well, trail songs and gunfighter ballads, I think is the name of the, the album. Uh, Big Iron was not the popular song when it came out. It was, uh, I believe, uh, El Paso. Mm-hmm. was the popular song at the time and that's what was really interesting you know my grandfather thought it was cool but there's a lot of those deep cuts that you're talking about that were not popular at the time and then game popularity you know later in yeah. in the years yeah because a lot of them are actually the better music they're actually the better songs they're the ones that actually have uh, uh i don't know more musicianship or there's more energy behind them because the band just liked them more you know they weren't the ones that just talked about like falling in love because those are easy pop songs to put on the radio you know everybody wants a good love song like that's great but the song that was like designed just for you know people to dance to and doesn't even have lyrics some of those have some of the best musicianship from people um i mean think about it like we live in a post guitar era right like guitar music isn't at its height anymore but some of these bands were some of the most influential guitar players of their time who did things on guitars that nobody ever did before like like take the perspective on that and then you you can do the same thing with many other instruments um it's i don't know it's just it's a really cool topic and i hope that because people like the music of the fallout games and they gain a, a perspective on some of this old music that they can actually see a little bit more into it too because they're there they are such a wealth of information and fewer and fewer of the people who are behind this music are still around you know they're just it's that old that many of them just aren't even with us anymore and they can't tell us the stories of what it was actually like back then pie man or, or you would be like my sister and actually have the hard copies hard copies for the record player yeah yeah listening to listening to these on record players would be really cool if you've got a system where you can do that you're going to hear things that you you didn't hear um like legit she has the original like the original from way back when yeah and it still plays and it's so weird listening to it because of all the crackling and all the stuff that they just couldn't drown out because of the technology they're using back then yeah you can actually digitally edit it out the other thing that's interesting about that music is that with modern music over the last 30 years compression has gotten higher and higher and higher and higher and what that means is that quiet sounds and loud sounds all get kind of squashed and the loud sounds come down and the quiet sounds come up so everything is competing at the same level so when things get quiet it's louder and when things get loud it's quieter so any music you listen to today digitally created music will be highly highly compressed 
if you go back and listen to these songs, there is quiet stuff in there that when you turn up your, your stereo really loud, you start to hear because the music isn't overly compressed. So, for example, um, oh, what's the name? There's a, a pianist. Um, I'm, I'm not going to remember his name right now. I'll have to come up with it later. Who um, plays some some popular songs from back in the, di- in the day. But he would always, he was a great piano player and he would always hum while he played. And even though many of the songs didn't actually have a vocal line in them, if you turn them up enough, you can hear the melody that he was humming, which doesn't happen in any of the instruments in the background being picked up by the microphone that was used like on the piano or on the drum set or, or whatever. And that's in the mix. It's there. It's just not a originally part of it but in the artist's mind that was part of the music it just wasn't recorded the same way the other instruments were because it wasn't meant to be hummed in it but for some reason when he would play his piano parts he heard something else happening in the music that never got actually put down as a musical part of the song which is super weird to me but like really cool it's like really really cool or like these large ensembles with like you know many many different instruments in the bands you'll hear each of the individual pieces, uh, each of the individual um, instruments, and some of them are louder and quieter because they were further from the microphone. But there might be, big band. yeah, the big yeah, band big stuff. Band music. Big band yeah. music on vinyl is something completely different to listen to. It's amazing. Like every band had a a guitarist, but you don't think of a guitar player being in a big band. But if you turn it up enough, you'll hear the in the background where the guitar player was playing, which is very important for the band because the rhythm section for a big band is the drums, the guitar and the double bass. And those were typically in in the back of the band and they were there to keep the rest of the band on track. And of course, in a microphone setup, the the horns were way louder than the guitar because the guitar wasn't amplified like it is today. Um, but you turn up that recording and you can hear, you can really start to hear the thum, 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 and the of the guitar in the background. And those players were awesome. They did really, really cool stuff with those parts, but you're not going to hear it unless you really turn it up. Um, so uh, it's just, it's just cool to explore this stuff in lots of different ways is, is my point. So there's, there's more to it than you would guess. Yeah. Nighttime? Why do you why do you think a lot of the music that happened, you know, the the big band music has kind of gone away and it's only really used for like television because we always see big bands nowadays on mm-hmm. like uh, late night shows. Do um, you think that there's I, I know the answer to this. Uh, traditionally, jazz was incorporated with uh, it. It came about in popularity with um, television becoming a thing. And jazz traditionally was connected to television in a very fundamental way. So even as new music came about and became more popular, things like rock and roll and and hip hop and those kinds of things, there was this uh, association with jazz and television um, always in the background. So you ended up with the late shows, which traditionally had these jazz bands and move forward with jazz bands. Even on shows that are modern, the bands that play behind the music are generally very talented musicians who can play pretty much anything. Um, They're not just, you know, like a rock band. You know, like I think about like the Roots who play with uh, um, what's his face? Uh, oh, what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I was like, I was gonna say Jimmy Kimmel, and I was like, that's not it. It's another Jimmy. Jimmy Fallon. Um, those guys, you give them anything, and they can, they can play anything. Now they they clearly have a preference for what you know they like, but they're very very talented. Um, 
but yeah, it has to do with the connection of jazz to that music. Now, why is why is big band less popular and harder to do? Well, it's it's harder to pay for all of those musicians. You don't yeah. need that many musicians today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rock is very popular. It's very easy to start a rock band. You get a few guys. Everybody gets you know their certain instrument, and you get them together and. You know, instead of, you have four guys instead of like right. ten or right. fifteen. There was even a tax that was put on bands in the late forties, I believe, which made was it, it New York. Uh, I don't remember the specific details of it. It may have been in New York, but it was the reason why you had these small combos start showing up more often, and why large touring bands no longer had sixteen members in their bands. Um, they they only really could afford say like sets and groups of like fours and fives. Um, and it was based on some sort of tax that came about. And it, it was one of the reasons why swing music declined and small combo music and jazz grew. And then, of, of course, also rock and roll and country, because you could do that with four or five members in your band. Um, yeah, if you look at the Ink Spots, you, the Ink Spots is a huge, a huge band. And then you get into the later years where you get B.B. King and all these other people, and they're like almost solo acts. They do have yep. supporters behind them, but they're very, they're known as this individual person. Right. And record, record labels understood the power of um, a famous individual to head something up. So it was easier to uh, promote Frank Sinatra as Frank Sinatra with whatever backup band he happened to have at the time than it was to promote the backup band. Um, and even groups like, um, you know, Count Basie, like there, there's a very popular performance of uh, Frank Sinatra at the Sands with Count Basie as the backup band, which is phenomenal because Count, ba Count Basie's band was amazing and they, they toured well into the 60s. But Basie was the name. And it, unless you were a real interest really interested in the music you weren't necessarily aware of like who was the lead saxophone player and who was the lead trumpet player and you know like all of that stuff um so yeah there's a lot of details that went into it but mostly it was a it was a cost thing you could promote an individual or a group of like four people and you can make way more money and spend less on on the band and tours and, and those kinds of things because you didn't need that many people if you could go back in time to like a, a musical era where would you go Oh, there's uh, uh, that's a good that's a good question. There's a lot of places that would be really interesting to see. What do you guys think? Why don't we Why don't we wrap up with this question? Because that's yeah, a really great question. Yeah. Who has a thought? Where would you go if you could go back to and and think about it like this? Maybe even like to a concert. Like if you could see a musical act live, like at their peak, where would you go? Or who would you see in roughly what year? Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, sorry, uh, top top shelf. Okay, so this is one that I kind of feel bad because I actually had an opportunity and I just kind of passed it up. But uh, Lincoln Park in the mid to late two thousands. Uh huh. Um, I when I was living in Florida, they had a concert in Miami. Sorry, my dog is going ballistic. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and so. I would love to go back and see them because Chester Bennington now as an adult, I'm just like that guy could do things that not many people can do. Yeah. They were very, and very talented. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would go back and see like Lincoln park and some of the bands around that time. So, okay, cool. Cool. Girthen. 
uh, for me, honestly, I would definitely go back to the uh, like golden age of metal uh, when hair metal was a big thing and like seeing Twisted Sister and all that type of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love it. That would have been crazy. I'm sure that was <laughs> that was a crazy time. Yeah, huge stadium rock, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the powerful sets, those crazy shows, just being as glamorous as possible. I love it. I do honestly love it. Yeah, Lupus in chat says Queen live at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, that, oh, that would be cool really too. too. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many you could name. Who else has any thoughts? Lainey, Pie, Pie Man. First, I'd want to say. I'd want to go see Twisted Sister also. <laughs> okay. I, it, I I love their music. I listen to it like while I'm going down the road. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but seriously, but seriously, besides that, my second choice would probably be uh, either ACDC when they're touring, like during during their golden years, or or Metallica. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of those big old. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of rock fans out here. Lainey, what do you think? I know you've got a diverse interest in music. I want to be the sound tech for uh, <laughs> Nirvana's MTV Unplugged performance. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, like Nirvana is one of the bands that, like, one of the reasons I even got into playing guitar, um, because I was I was of that generation. You know, like I was what thirteen? No, I was fifteen when Kurt Cobain died. So I was like right at the right age to be like hit by that, you know, like, oh, my God. And then like be like super into the music. Um, so, yeah, I would I would really love to see like, I don't know, a huge Nirvana concert in like 1993 because I never got the chance to do that. I ended up seeing bands like Bush and uh, the Toadies and stuff like that um, when they came through. I saw some of those kinds of kinds of bands live. You saw the Toadies. I saw the Toadies multiple times. The Toadies oh, and Bush, the Toadies and Hum. And Hum was one of my favorite bands in in the nineties. I don't know if anybody remembers Hum, but um, Hum was their sound was huge, like knock you over. Like the guitars were just like, like just oh, just like wall of sound, huge. They just sounded so big. Um, but uh, I would choose. If we're talking like time period of like the music from Fallout, I there was there was an event that happened in 1937, 39, where, um, who was it? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember now. Anyway, I w- there was an event that happened. There was a time period that happened in New York when like three or four of the big swing bands were all in the city in the same weekend. And to be able to, and they would have battles of the bands. And so you could even see, uh, you know, Chick Webb versus um, Glenn Miller, I think was one of them. And then you could go down the street the next night and see Basie and uh, somebody else. And maybe even Lionel Hampton was in town or something like that. There was like this this weekend in the 1930s, late 1930s, where you could, you could have gone to see all of those acts in New York City in the same weekend, which would have been really, really cool. But if we're talking like more recent than... Yeah, seeing certain Nirvana would have been really, really cool. Um, I don't know. Or even to go back to like the late 60s and to see something like um, or early 70s and see somebody like uh, Led Zeppelin at their at their height, you know, because I, I bet they sounded freaking huge. 
you know, like I, I bet they they played something like Stairway and it would just sounded like delicate and loud, but like delicate. And all of a sudden by the end, it was just like it was just heavy or, you know, they they launch into um, oh, what's the song? And I bet that just like immigrant song. Yeah, immigrants. I bet that song just like echoed in venues, just like shook the foundations of venues. Um and I bet I bet they sounded a lot better live than they did on any of the recordings, even though the recordings sound good. Um, nighttime. I'm gonna shoot all the way back to the past, and it's one of the reasons why I like Fallout Four. I would probably want to go back into the 1770s and experience some of the the war music, the writing, and the culture behind a lot of the um, music that they would play. Not just on the battlefield, but in the taverns and stuff at recruitment places and, you know, experience what that that colonial Minutemen lifestyle was and the the passion in the uh, the, the muster yeah. of a lot of those men that that did that. Yeah, that oh man, that would be that would be a very different thing than what we experience today. It's, uh, you know, listen to the Enclave radio mm-hmm. from Fallout 3. That's a lot of the music that they play is some of the stuff that was created during the American Revolution. Right. But to but to experience that in the actual time of it with people at pubs or on the battlefield or wherever, you know, yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mad, Mad Val in chat says Led Zeppelin is my favorite band. Dazed and Confused, my favorite music. All right, guys. Well, this has been this has been super fun. Thanks for joining me. And... Um, as always, uh, a pleasure to chat with all of you. Thank you also for supporting the show. Thank you to all of the patron patrons, you guys and everyone else. Uh, Lainey and I do appreciate it. You are why we're able to continue doing this and we really, really do appreciate it. So thank you for being here with us. I hope you guys decide to join us next month. We'll figure out what our topic is in over the next few weeks. And, um, anybody else who wants to join us, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash lorecast and help support the show. Check out all the cool stuff you can get. And about uh, 76 on uh, nighttime shirt. Very cool. Um, let's go back through. And if you have something you want to shout out, like some project you're working on, you want to share or ways that people can get a hold of you, go ahead and let them know. We're going to go backwards through the list. So we'll start with Top Shelf. Top Shelf. All right. So I'm kind of working on Twitter because right now all I've got is my uh, <clears throat> my private stuff. And I don't really feel like putting that out there. Uh, the best way to reach me is the Discord on here. Um, and then once I have a Twitter, I will let you guys know. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, nighttime. Nighttime Smith. Maybe if you guys can drag me onto uh, Fallout 76, I might be able to start playing with some people. But I'm uh, trying to go through a Legion playthrough for Fallout New Vegas with a lot of the lost content. So give me a little bit. I'll be there eventually. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Liberty Pie. So, uh, I just started playing, uh, Fallout New Vegas. Um, I haven't been really able to get into it since I have a full-time job. Going everywhere, going everywhere, uh. Yeah. If you want to search me up, uh, don't really do much on my socials, because I don't really go on there anymore. But you're on the Discord uh, a lot. You can find me. Yeah. I am. I am on the Discord a lot. Uh, I'd also like to shout out uh, Modus Files, like I did last last month. The Rocket Club. Still great group of people. 
great story ever. I'm trying to think what else. Probably, oh yeah, for my Fallout New Vegas, you know how uh, Nighttime is doing a Legion playthrough. I'm just trying to be a cowboy, you know. Right. <laughs> cowboy, lone gunslinger sort of thing, you know. Don't Crack don't give two crap. Mm-hmm. Nice. So so yeah. Also also uh, if I ever do like a quote, please please don't bring logic into it. Like, <laughs> seriously. On Discord, yeah, because he's just playing the role of um <laughs> Liberty Liberty Prime. So yeah, like sometimes he'll pop in and say democracy is non-negotiable, and then people will start de- debating the statement, and he's just like, uh-huh. I'm just playing a role, guys. <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to talk about. Just, come on, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, also, I should be. Uh, I am. T- no, I probably shouldn't say that. No. Okay. I don't. I don't, I don't like gloating. Gloating a lot. Well, what well, here? I'll gloat for you. Uh, Liv- Liberty Pie has supported three of our podcasts um, at all very high tiers, and Liberty Liberty Pie Pie Man, uh, it's very very appreciated. Thank you very much. Um, and obviously, you don't have to do this again next month, but if you chose to do it again, we would, uh, Laney, I would be very very appreciative. Uh, and if not, the thank you for your support for this last month and previous months, and for just being here. We really do appreciate it. Um, you're an awesome oh. part of the community, and. You know, we we couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much. Oh, oh, I'll still be Liberty, Liberty Prime. Don't get me wrong about that. I'll still be Liberty <laughs> Prime. Awesome. Well, well, thank you very, very, very much. Uh, Girthon, Girthon, how can people get a hold of you? And is there anything else you want to shout out? Uh, getting a hold of me is honestly just on Discord right now. Uh, I play a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and anything like that. So if anybody's interested in playing games hit me up on here i'll play anytime any group any game i don't care what it is uh but other than that i play xbox and if anybody wants to just get me on here too and i'll add you guys on xbox but other awesome. than that, uh, that's all i have awesome yeah a few times people have tried to set up some uh some D games over discord um and it gets close to going and then somebody has something come up and they can't do it so you're welcome to to go try and put something together if people want to join you uh, I actually got a game going with you guys uh, okay. because of this network. I wouldn't have, honestly, I, I've been trying to get a game to be very stable. Uh-huh. And these are the first group I've ever had that's been very stable. Oh, that's so awesome. this community really gave me a good thing to do all the time. That's great. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. And feel free to use the Discord for, for chatting. I think if people see you guys in a channel regularly, like a, if you want your own weekly D&D voice channel, I can set that up for you because I think if people see you in there more, it'll create more questions and thoughts for people to be like, oh, well, I want to be in a game. So maybe you could set up a second game or maybe they'll they'll be inspired to set up their own game. Um, so I'm happy to facilitate whatever you need on here. Um, Lainey. Second to last but not least. Hello. All right. Where can you find me? I am Neos Pandora on Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube pretty much anywhere you can find me there on discord let's have a little chat let's have a little chat <laughs> let's talk about cats i mean if you want to i'm always <laughs> accepting cat photos i mean it's the internet like please <laughs> <laughs> anything cool going on anything you, you want to share any projects you're working on cool going on i mean i just started that job the, yeah. two weeks ago a week ago so i mean that's been going good it's been cool. I um, 
don't know. There's just something. It's I sold someone Fallout Four, and I like convinced them to buy it, and I was so proud. Of that's, it. Great. I like, <laughs> that's great. That's so, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, good. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying your job. For people who haven't uh, who don't know yet, she's working at a, a a little mom and pop video game store where they like buy and sell and trade games and stuff. Um, yeah. So she's got a whole bunch of games like under her fingertips for like all sorts of different consoles and generations of stuff. So that's that's super fun. Well, good. I'm going. I'm glad that's going well. I uh, have the same stuff I've got going on regularly, except a little bit new stuff as well. Um, of course, there's the Robots Radio Rocket Club. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast and want to be associated with the network, want some help and guidance on how to get your show going and make it the absolute best it can be with an audience and all of that, then check out the robotsradio.net website. There's a link on there for the Rocket Club. And um, other than that, I have got a new thing I've been doing every day during the week, uh, during weekdays in the middle of the day. So it's 12, uh, it's noon Eastern my time. I am doing what is called the Robots Radio Show. This is a podcast. It's also a daily live stream. And I, at the beginning of it, it's about 15, 20 minutes of me just going through the most recent news for the day about video games. So I'll be talking about Fallout updates. I'll be talking about Elder Scrolls. I'll be talking about you know anything else that's big and you know potentially something you guys might be interested in. I will highlight it. I'll give you a quick little you know, uh, download of what's happening with the news. And then after that, any of the hosts on robots radio or rocket club hosts will uh, are welcome to join me so they can pop in and we'll be talking about some of the news items. We'll be talking about other things that are coming out on Friday. We had this awesome conversation about the new update coming to fall 76 and, uh, some of our thoughts about, you know, the character builds slots and all sorts of things. So, uh, the streams will usually go for like an hour and a half, two hours. Um, the first part is, the podcast part right now that shows up as a quick daily download for news and again you can find that everywhere right now uh robots rate the robots radio show is the best way to look it up on whatever podcatcher you're using if you want to just get a quick little download every day of of what's going on um but we'd love to have you join us live and uh this show is going to continue to evolve but it's it's a way for me to do something daily and be kind of connected to you guys and, and talk about stuff so i hope you check it out other than that I think that's it. That's that's it for today's show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for being here. And we will be back. Uh, Lainey, I'll be back um, next Thursday. Thursday coming up for our regular time, uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, Eastern. So come join us for that live at twitch.tv slash robots radio. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for being here, everybody. Have a good night. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. All right, guys, thanks for being here. Good, good discussion. Cool, Some really cool discussion this time. I dropped uh, I dropped a few videos in the uh, the Fallout Lorecast. Um, a couple things. The uh, the main battle music for New Vegas, which that's what I was talking about. It eats at the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, top shelf probably knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then, uh, did you guys remember the Fallout Four uh, live action trailer that came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a- yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, I also put in the uh, the vault archives from Mark Morgan, and it's all the um, the ambient music from Fallout One. Cool. It's yeah, like so an hour and something long. Just throw it in the background. And you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah, go check that out. It's, it's, it's all in the Fallout uh, Lorecast Discord yep. channel. I you know you I use some Funko Pops. I, so I've been collecting. Oh, no, I don't have any. We don't have anything that's like new. It's all like vintage, like older stuff. Vintage. Yeah. It's all vintage gaming stuff. Vintage. You know, I I'm collecting. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm I've thought about like playing some of the music during the show, but I, you can't always do that. So much of it is copyrighted and stuff. So yeah. I was kind Copyright of claims. It would have been awesome. Oh. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if we could like if you reference the song, if I could put it on the background while we're talking about it. No. No, can't do that. Mm-mm. That DMCA thing, man, is no joke. That algorithm, it goes after yeah. you. Even it's like public uh, domain. Yeah, It'll even sometimes after. if you sing it, like somebody who just sings something and, and yep. is in the right key, it's like it'll flag you and it's like yeah if, if it's close enough they'll just immediately hit it. It's weird. It is ridiculous. That, uh, they don't they don't care, really. Yeah. It's their property. They're just going to take care of it. The legal system needs to push back against this, though, because there's only so many different kinds of things that could show up in music. And the different people have won lawsuits against other people, other musicians, from using, like, a riff that occurs in their song, even though it wasn't yep. pulled from their song. It's just the same three notes. Like, there's only so many notes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like yep. eventually, you're getting, music is going to play something that's been around before. And you, that doesn't mean you have the right to that it's it's ridiculous yeah. yeah i feel bad for this uh one youtuber i've been listening to uh ai chess preach but he just starts uh humming or singing a lot of disney songs uh, like in the middle of stuff he just gets so frustrated from getting killed and then he'll 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 explode and then he'll fly and he'll start singing the aladdin song Right, right. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. I can show you the world. He's doing that. He just got so frustrated. He was playing some. It's one of those mods where it's it makes it so difficult. If you get hit once, it's it's over. Yeah, but it's it, I don't know, man. That oh. DMCA stuff. I think Josh Sawyer was bitching about that when he was on uh, doing the live stream. He had to kill the radio music because. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't stream mm-hmm. seventy six with the radio on. And then sometimes yeah. if I walk in places with the with the radio on in the place, I get nervous about it. I'm like, oh, I should stay away from that because if it gets too loud on the stream, it might get flagged. Yeah, it's weird. And it's in the game. It's it's game music. It shouldn't get flagged. Lainey? You guys are lovely. I have dinner waiting for me. Okay, go eat some dinner. Yeah, I'm going to go grab something else to eat too because I'm hungry. I ate. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Pie Man ate while doing the show, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should just eat while while talking. Is that are we? Is that possible? Well, anyway, guys, thank you for being here. It's it's always fun to talk with you. And for new people, thank you for being here as well. Um, very much nice appreciate to meet you, it. Folks. Yeah, uh, look forward to more conversations in the Discord and other stuff. Um, and if you ever you see me streaming and you happen to be playing Fallout seventy six on PC and you want to join me, you're you're welcome to jump in. Like. Feel free to jump in or or whatever. So, um, all right, guys, I'm gonna head out. See you all later. See you later. Bye, Bye chat. Thanks Bye. for being here. Have a good night. Bye.